Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. It is a pleasure once again to be in your company. If this is the first time, though, that you've ever come across us, please subscribe. Uh, and if you would be so kind as to write us a five-star review on iTunes, it just helps with the visibility in the iTunes charts. Uh, so hit the subscribe button. Uh, you're looking for Fight Night, and you'll never miss out on any of our boxing content. If you don't have Apple and you need an Android feed, you can get everything that you need on the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Spotify the lot. We're all on there. Any format, we can cater for your need, and you'll never miss out on any of the biggest names that we speak to on a week-by-week basis on a Saturday night. Um, this week, we were building up towards Crawford Brook. You know the results of that fight now. Uh, but obviously, when we were building up to it, we didn't know. So we were getting the hype up. We were speaking to the athletes and getting you in the mood for an absolute monster from Las Vegas. And we start with our very own Kel Brook, the former IBF welterweight champion of the world, spoke to us uh, a little earlier on in the week. Expect fireworks, expect masterclass ring craft. You're going to see everything you need to see in a fight like this. Oh, that was it! That's the end! Super welterweight fighting can't recover! And Cal Brook does make a triumphant return! He just said he wanted to fight me. You know, he saying he would like to fight me. My thing was like, you know, he would deserve a shot. the bigger guy come from lightweight up to welterweight I've campaigned up middleweight light middleweight I love his challenge and I'm grabbing this challenge with both hands he was more interested about me making the weight you know he was saying yeah but can you make the weight make the weight you know and he wasn't saying about, about how he can beat me but more about the weight but as I've got older Gareth I've, this is probably going to be the easiest I've made welterweight, uh, strangely lit, lit sound, because I've just been, you, you keep learning this game, and I think, you know, the punishment I have to put my body through, you know, I've not let myself blown up, I think that 
I've just been um, investing more time in myself, you know, and um, training very hard and well, and uh, listening to my nutritionist and just following the guidelines and, and continuing to take it one day at a time. And the weight's just been coming off. And I've been at a nice weight for a long time now. So I'm not, I'm not even, most of the time in every other fight, I'm always, my, the biggest fight for me is making the weight. But for this one, it's about Terence Crawford. The weight's already made. That everyone around you has always said, if you've got the right fight, you can make welterweight again. Mentally, you'll be right. This is a big challenge, isn't it? This is a massive challenge, you know. And for me to go out and win, I've got to box the best I've ever boxed in my career. Um, but I love a challenge. And, 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 and I'm grabbing this challenge with both fans, you know. Um, I went out there and I made this world title fight with the pound, arguably the pound for pound best fighter in the world. So, you know, um, that's like I've always said to you, Gareth, I've always wanted to be in there with the best ever in the world. You know, but when I do hang the gloves up, at least I can look back and say, you know, I never dunked anybody. I thought the best there was out there to, to challenge. We had the politics involved and I got there. And I'm like I say, I'm going to put everything into it. I'm also an elite fighter. He's never boxed anybody. The size and the self-belief and the power I've got, you know, um, so he's, he, know, he knows this as well. You'll obviously have studied him quite a lot. I don't know if there's more studying to do. What do you see in Terence Crawford and what you've seen from him so far? No one's unlocked him yet. Nobody's unlocked him, but he's, like I said, it's hard to bring down any faults what he's got. You know, he's, he's a switch hitter. He's got a very good balance. He can punch. He's, he's, a, he's a very good finisher. There's not much. You can, there's not much I can sit here and say that he does bad, but he does get. He does get it. And and I'm also the, you know similar to him, as in I've got very good. Um, the time is perfect. I've got a good, very good job. Um, I can take a shot. I've got self belief, and I can I, I can punch really hard. And I'm a natural. I'm a big natural heavy hitting welterweight. So. You know, it's a real fight, and uh, he knows that. I, I was with Conor Ben on Saturday night um, in Talk Sports Studios. You used him as a sparring partner for this. He said what he really noticed was how well you control the range, and I was happy to hear that because we've always known it's one of your great skills there in the mid-range. You control that, that space so well, and that's going to be really important against Crawford, isn't it? Like I said, Gareth, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to use every everything in my arsenal to get this victory. I'm gonna need I need to be on point. I'm gonna be my eyes are gonna be locked onto Terence from round from round one, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and execute the game plan we've got. And it's thirty six minutes of my life I'm gonna put down fully one thousand percent of my of my I'm a, my heart's going to be, everything's going to be left in that ring that night. You know, win, lose or draw, I'm going to give it my absolute all, Gareth. And I believe that I am a hard, hard, very hard man to beat when I've got this, 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 this in my heart and the focus I've got. Um, there's been a lot of shocks in boxing. You know boxing, you know the big shocks. We were there with Tati Fury Wilder, you know, and Theo uh, Lopez getting the, the winning against Lomachenko, the a couple of weekends ago and just you know that in boxing that the hype and everything else and you know one one punch and you know and you're champion of the world again and the and the yeah, best thing since sliced bread and 
you'll know you'll know that that this this is one of them fights where you know people won't be shocked you know when i come out with a win is there a plan for you after that do you walk away with with the belts over your shoulder out of the saloon bar and sling your hook or is there more in you it's more in me i mean honestly i know it might be 34 but you know age is just a number you know Age is just a number and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really, you know, just being out here in Vegas in the sunshine and, and thinking, you know, what would, what would we be doing back at home? It's raining, it's cold, everybody's on full lockdown. We're out here on the strip where, with the sport what's brought me to, since I was nine-year-old, has brought me and my family out here doing something like an absolute, like an athlete should be doing and representing my country. Being out here with something I love and, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't, even if I were getting paid a couple of quid for this fight, you know, it's, it's, it's about being out here and being in the moment. And, and, and this is what it's about. This is what I live for. This is what I was born to do. This is what, this is what really excites me, the adrenaline, knowing that, you know, I can go out, can go out there and, and be victorious and, and do, make history in this sport and my family and everybody, everybody. This is, this is what the fighters, this is what fighters dream about, what I'm doing. So, I'm just going to come out here and do my thing. I've done the hard work, Gareth, and uh, I really, truly believe that I'm a massive, massive... This is going to be a massive upset, I believe. Uh, it, it's funny for me to say this, but you're not someone that's always wanted loads of media attention. You get your work done, you win your belts, you win your fights, you go off with your family, you're on holiday, and then you come back for the next fight. You're not someone who's out there in the media all the time. But I see something in you right now, like a, like a spark that maybe I haven't seen for a while. I mean, I know I saw you in the gym in London, in Darren Barker's gym, and you said, listen, there is definitely something back in me. I felt it was, might have been just before lockdown, actually. Um, yeah. And there is something in you that's changed by, by the look of it, you know? Yes, yeah, but it's hard to tell all, it's hard to tell people, you even you might have got your thoughts, but what's sat with me sat here now and knowing what I've done in the game and what I have and what I haven't done, I, it's, I've got, an, I've got like a, I have got that spark, like you're saying, and I know that when that bell rings, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to stun the world. I believe, I believe that, I believe that, well, I'm going to be the best I could, I could be on that, on that night on the 40th, the best I could possibly be. And I, and absolutely, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got like, it's like I'm, I've got a YY gene. I'm not normal. I'm not normal. And I, I believe that it's something, I'm special. I'm very special. And I'm going to go in there and I'm not going to be shocked when I, when I take him out. I'm not going to be. As, as much as, you know, it is, a, it is a big thing beating him. I just, I believe that it's written for me to go out and, and, and shock the world again. So there you go. That was the challenger. Let's hear from the champion. I caught up with Terence Crawford on the same matter. I look at it like this a long time overdue. I've always felt like I was number one before they actually crowned me. Now I'm just being recognized by more than just a few people. So it kind of felt good in a, in a sense, but at the same time. It's nothing new to me because I always felt like I was number one in the, in the beginning anyway. Talk to me about Kel, because 
that fight seemed to be made at Wilder Fury. We saw you two having a little bit of a chat at the press conference there. What was said, what went back and forth, and what's been happening since in order to make this fight? Well, um, he just said he wanted he wanted to fight me. You know, he had a, a interest in saying he would like to fight me and give him a shot. And my thing was like, you don't even deserve a shot, but if you was to get a shot, is you going to make weight? You know, and uh, he stated that he was going to make weight. So all the other top weight division um, was actually booked. And I was currently in talk with a potential fight with Manny Pacquiao. So um, once that fight didn't fall through, then uh, we had to go to the next uh, option. And that was Kel Brook. The big fight for the fans in the welterweight division is obviously yourself and Errol Spence. Kel's already been in with Errol and Errol obviously took care of him, finishing him in the 11th round. Is that in the back of your mind about making a statement, just rubber stamping to show who the main man is at 147 or is it just taking care of business as normal on the night? Not at all. I never go in a fight looking to outdo a previous opponent that both of us have faced it. I just go in there look, looking to make sure I get the win. I don't want to go in there and get caught up with uh, trying to impress people with trying to um, outdo them. We spoke to, obviously, your promoter, Bob Arum, a couple of weeks ago. And he, listen, he was full of praise for you. He, he, re, he refers to you as the best welterweight on the planet. There's no question about that. Uh, but I put a question to him about maybe his own concerns about not being able to make that fight because PBC might not necessarily want to do the business. And he, and he felt that he doesn't want to hold you back in order to make that fight because he knows it's one for your legacy. Have you ever had thoughts of maybe thinking, I might have to be a PBC fighter in order to make the big fight? Um, at times it crossed my mind. But then again, I think to myself, like I never thought that I had to actually sign with a different promotional company or... Uh, network to actually get a, a, a type of fight. I felt like, you know, if Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury can get the fight done, then so could uh, me and Errol Spence. I just felt like if the money was there, then the fight would get made. I don't think the money is quite there yet because if it was, then everybody would be happy and satisfied. And I don't think everybody is happy and satisfied at this point. Well, fingers crossed from a fan's point of view, man, we can get there. Have you, obviously you cleaned out at 140. You mopped that division out and moved up to obviously fulfill ambitions at 147. Have you, as you look back down now at what's currently going on at 140, have you ever thought to yourself, I might go back down and clean it out again? Have you, have you ever thought of maybe having a look at going back down to junior welter? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, my thing was always once I move up, I didn't. I didn't want to come back down. That's like when I moved up from um, one thirty-five, yeah. and I went to one forty. Me going back down to one thirty-five, that wouldn't be the case. We've seen you recently as well. Obviously, put in uh, your family. Uh, through uh, their paces on the wrestling mat. When I say the wrestling mat, your living room, obviously giving them a giving them a showing of your uh, your prowess in the in the world of wrestling. I know that you're 
uh, some of your sons wrestle as well, man. Are you giving us a hint that you fancy a little go at MMA at some point? What are you doing? Nah, man. I just, <laughs> you know, my, my, my kids, you know, they love to wrestle and, you know, they're very good at it. they just natural born athletes, but MMA and boxing, that's something that I wouldn't want for my kids. But if they choose to uh, take that route, then I just have to support them. 100%. And what about yourself? If you if you were offered an opportunity to take an MMA bout, would you take it? It depends. You know, um, first thing first, it, the money got to be right. Yeah, man. You know, uh, <laughs> MMA, you know. It depends on the dance partner, I suppose. Yeah. If, if they can, if they can, I don't know. You're knocking about, what, 147? Conor McGregor used to fight at 145. I'm sure you'd fancy that one, wouldn't you? There'd be some money in that. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. You just got to uh, get those type of fighters in the ring. And I always say, you know, uh, the fans can get all the fights that they want if everybody can get together and make things happy for each other. So there you go. Terence Crawford catching up with me on the Fight Night Show um, before his fight with Kel Brook. Now, we'll get back to that fight in a moment or two when we hear from Bob Arum. We're also going to speak to Bob about various other things like Wilder, Fury, and the possibility of a third fight or the destination of other fights that he would like to make. Um, one of his fighters is Teofimo Lopez, the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. I caught up with him a little earlier on in the week to talk about his victory against Vasil Lomachenko and what his plans are for the future. I'm back in the gym now, even though I have the boot on. You know, um, I, I'm going to LA uh, later this weekend. Like, I'll be there later this weekend to get my stitches removed and then see what the process is like afterwards and mm -hmm. if I have to continue using the boot or not. Um, and then um, weight-wise, uh, we're talking about staying at 135, maybe for one, two more fights. Okay. But I don't know. Uh, we still have to – we still have to see what uh, – what are the best options? But I know that I give it maybe six more months of being at this weight and that's it. Okay. Uh, guaranteed. So, so so what gets your juices going? Because with all due respect to everybody else making noise of what fight should or should not happen at lightweight, you have mopped up. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's done. It's complete. What do you want to do? What, what, what gets you out of bed and gets you motivated? To rub it in their face more. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can um, and, and just to show out there that, that I am the best and I will continue to always prove that every time and every fight. Of it. Um, and you know, I like to make big fights happen. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to get out of me. Uh, we don't, we don't duck or dodge anybody and we're not trying to, um, I think what motivates me to stay at this weight more so than anything, it's, um, the cash. Yeah. It's good money. Oh, yeah, get some good listen, money off of there's this. some good money there, right? Obviously, the names like Tank and Devon are, go are going to be mentioned alongside yourself. I think yeah. the money's with Ryan Garcia, man. I really do. I don't know why. I just think there's some serious money in that fight, if that's what you wanted to do. It's, uh, those are the potential fights. Uh, Garcia, Cambosas, um, and... Uh, because Cambosas is my uh, IBF George manager, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's my mandatory. So eventually, I will have to face him, um, unless we uh, push it for something else with the IBF. Um, but as you said, Australia is an option, man. Yeah, you said Australia is so, an option, and and Australia is willing to 
uh, work with us on on many things. So I think that it'll it'll work perfectly. Um, so there's many there's many options there, and uh, we're just trying to see, man. I think that Garcia still has to fight somebody, you know, worth worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had the thing with Luke Campbell, but now you know, yeah. and and I wish him nothing but you know, um, may he may he stay healthy, you know, and may it not hit him and affect him badly. And that's what I I pray for Luke Campbell on, and that uh, he gets to continue to do what he has to do. Hopefully, they could post, uh, they could move it to another date. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking about December nineteenth. Um, you know, I stay on track on these guys. I mean, I watch it, but I stay on track. You know, and um, just staying in shape is my main thing. But yeah, all these fights are gonna happen. It's just a matter of I can't fight everybody at once. Of you course, know? and so like you just said. Like you just said, six months at lightweight. Cambosa says that IBF mandatory in Australia with these situations right now could be a really good option. Really good. There's rumours at the start of next year that they will be making that uh, undisputed fight at 140 between Ramirez and Taylor. Um, yes. I've no doubt you'll have an eye on that, won't you? Uh, if they if they fight earlier th- this year, I mean next year, if they fight early next year, um, I'll probably I'll wait a couple more months just to make that fight happen with them. And then fight for the undisputed at 140. Back to back. Yeah. Back, back to back. Nobody's ever done that. Back to back, different weight categories. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder what they say with this one after, after at 140. What belt is what, you know? <laughs> then they'll tell me that I got to fight the uh, the WBC light um, super um, interim <laughs> uh, bridge weight uh, belt, you know? And, and I'm going to be like, what is this? Thank you, Mauricio, for putting more names on here. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, but I, yeah, man, um, that's my number one priority, man. If these guys can make that fight happen, if top rank and ESPN, mm-hmm. they come together and make that fight happen earlier next year, uh, best believe that'll be in the next fight. It's easy because you are top rank. They're top rank. Yep. ESPN, yep. they're all on the same network. You would think that that will be a natural progression for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I would love to, because uh, I don't, I don't know what uh, Ramirez or Taylor have in mind if they will stay at 140 a little bit longer, or 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 anything, or move to 147. I th- I know Tal- uh, Taylor is talking about, mm. you know, he'll hang in there with Crawford, so it looks like he's planning to move to 147 eventually. Um, so I gotta gar- I gotta grab these guys, you know, quick. Do you, you know, know, uh, do you know what I'm liking about this conversation, right? We've had com- we've had many conversations in the past, and it's always been you just laser focused on working towards the Lomachenko thing. Now that you are king of the hill, I am loving the fact that the names that you're mentioning and the paths that they're taking, you are all over this. You're like, okay, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Yeah, okay, this is where we're going then. This is the path, man. Uh Yeah. It's like you you are literally right, trying to write the future right in front of me right now. (laughs) Nostradamus lives. He's here. (laughs) (laughs) I know my father just needs to speak it out right now, you know, more. He's, um, oh man, but yeah, that's, that's the way I have to, I have to think like that. Everybody's hungry and, and everybody wants all the belts. They want what I have and, um, I got to stay on top. I am the king. And in order to, I have to defend my throne. This weekend, Terence Crawford, Kel yes. Brook. I know that you know both of these guys. I want your thoughts on it. I want your thoughts on this fight. Ah, uh, it's tough, man. Uh, I know them very well. And Kel Brook, he's been a huge supporter of mine throughout the whole process of uh, me facing Lomachenko. And he has said it numerous of times that I will beat him. And now that he's seen that happen, I think that he even said it in one of his interviews that I motivated him to 
do something of of that as well with mm. Crawford. And and I think that is um, and I think that it could happen. It really can. I I truly believe that it can happen. Um, a lot of people are overlooking Kell Brook, when in reality he is a big one forty seven pounder. And um, Crawford is very skilled. He's number one, or you know, at least in the top two of the pound for pound list. You know, number one, number two is it's a quick, easy debate on that. It's Canelo and Crawford. You know, those guys are at the top of the food chain, and um, you know, but I wouldn't exp- I wouldn't be surprised if there was a an, uh, an upset. You know, um, it's been uh, Quell Brooks has been at 147 for years now, and this is only what two years or a year uh, for for Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just hope that uh, if Kelbrook goes in, he goes in with the mentality of I'm gonna go win no matter what. Uh, I don't care if uh, I'm just gonna find a way to win, you know. And I don't care who this guy is in front of me. I'm gonna beat him. That should be a cracker, man. You just mentioned the pound for pound list there. What's it feel like to be on that Ring magazine list right now, eh? Ah uh, uh, man, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I believe I believe top five is is where I, I belong, you know. Um, so, you know. Um, but you know what? I, one thing I don't like is the fact they got me and then Loma next to each other. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, nah, kick him out. <laughs> you know, um, but in reality, though, I am. It's crazy just to see it, you know, and put and see your name on it and to see that out of the top 10 guys around the world that are. And there's m- many, many fighters, hundreds of fighters in the world. And you're you're in the top five. of them. I think that it's uh, it goes to show me that. We're doing something big, and I and I'm very happy about it. I'm very appreciative for those that have acknowledged me for all the hard work and all the all the stuff that we have done. Um, however, let, now let's get back to it. The job is not done, and however, uh, for anyone that is trying to be in the pound for pound list alongside with me, you have to beat somebody that is not a cab driver, that is not a tomato can, and that actually has a, that has a pulse. And that is regards to Tank Davis, to Devin Haney, to Ryan Garcia, to um, all the other fighters out there um, besides in my wake division. Because I know they're trying to squeeze some of these guys into the pound for pound list now that I'm on. But no, nah. yeah. not yet. They well, have a long way. Just well on that, listen, I, I give Leo Santa Cruz as an, op, uh, as an opponent a lot of credit, but it was at Super Feather. Let's be honest, it wasn't a lightweight contest. What did you make of it? Because I thought the tank actually looked quite good. But again, it's hard to judge because it was at 130. Um, I, I believe that he can make 130. And if he chooses to make 135, by all means, he can. You know, um, He has the options now. And he has the uh, whatever they did with him in Vegas, uh, it worked. And I think he should probably stick to that. Mm-hmm. You know, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I think that, um, yeah, Santa Cruz is a very skillful fighter. Uh, he has that Mexican-like style, and he comes forward. He comes to you. You know, he throws a lot of punches, and um, he's not just a four-time world champion for no reason. Uh, I think that, uh, however, going at 130, I don't think that was Leo Santa Cruz's weight. Yeah. I think his weight class 122, 126, somewhere in that sort. Uh, so for those that don't do their research, they won't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, still, I think that I give my hats off to Leo for – holding on for that long and doing what he did, he just did not have any type of pop for to stop Tank from just coming in afterwards mm-hmm. and, and finishing the job. I think we all knew, and I knew, that this was going to happen. I congratulate Tank Davis for doing what he did. Um, however, I'm not impressed 
um, with any of that yet. I hope that they make they can get a new date for Garcia and Campbell because I think that's a real test for Ryan. We'll see where he's at. And I believe so too. I believe so too. We talk about an Olympic that, uh, gold medalist in Luke Campbell. That's real. That's a real fight. Man. And, and and not only that, he's a skillful fighter. Absolutely. He knows what he's doing when he's in there. I've sparred with him. I sparred with him when I was 17 and I sparred with him when I was 18 uh, back in Miami when he used to train over there. Um, and um, what I could say from that is uh, he's a very skillful fighter that knows what he's doing and he still has that hunger and that grit in him to keep going and and I think even then now, I feel like he has that motivation to, to do something to Ryan and have that edge on him. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I'm looking forward to it. And I think a lot of people are just overlooking because of who Ryan Garcia is on the social media platform. But in skill sets, it's a, it's a wide margin of who has the better skills here. So there's Tiafimo Lopez, happy as can be. Let's speak to the man that made that Lomachenko fight. And of course, the maker of quite a lot of decent fights. Hopefully, one that we're going to get to see in the not-too-distant future is Fury versus AJ. But there's a little bit of a legal matter to deal with at the moment with a certain Mr. Deontay Wilder. We put all those questions to Bob Arum. A lot will depend on how Joshua does with Pulev. If, as I believe, Pulev beats Joshua, Tyson Fury can forget about fighting Joshua now uh, and Pulev if he beats Joshua has a rematch obligation with Joshua at that point obviously the best opponent for Fury in my opinion would be Wilder if if Joshua wins uh, then uh, 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 and and Fury is successful December 5 uh, they're going to uh, go at it, and uh, uh, I'm confident uh, in uh, Fury's uh, legal position, which enables them to do that. So, what length of time are we looking at? Because I know that obviously Team Wilder are obviously seeking legal advice right now. What, uh, what legal uh, length of time are we are we waiting before we can come to some conclusion on that situation? Well, let's see what happens December 5 and December 12. I mean, you know, it's all well and good to talk about a Fury-Joshua fight, but each of the guys are going to have to win their December fight. And I'm telling you, I don't believe uh, that uh, uh, Joshua is going to beat Pula. Will I you, really don't. You can, well, you can tell me on December the 12th, Bob, um, when uh, when Pulev beats Joshua, because I think um, Joshua will knock him out in five or six rounds. You can tell me I don't know shiz about boxing then into my ears. Um, well, but... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. I remember <laughs> I remember Joshua with Andy Ruiz. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. But I think he learned from it. I think he learned from it. And I think, you know, he knows... He did the chin learn from it? No, listen, and we know you can't graft muscle onto chin as well, you know. But the the thing is, I think he's learned that he's got to be not. He can't be reckless and throw with the other guy. And that's if he if he throws with the the the, the key to beating Joshua is to throw with him, isn't it? But that's what people have learned. Yeah. And and if Pulev gets inside and he throws with him, he's a he's a wizened and dangerous fighter. He's only lost to Vladimir Klitschko. He's had a long and Correct. decorated career. This is a chance to 
create a legacy for himself and generations of his family. Family, and he's a great guy. I've been to, I've been to Berlin to his training camps and spent time alone with him. He's a fantastic yeah. character. Within his father used to smuggle. Do you know this story? His father yeah. was a policeman. Um, and he used to smuggle Western books into a library behind a wall in their house during the Soviet era, when behind the Iron Curtain, they weren't allowed to read Western books. And he used to trade Western books that were banned. He's a, he's got an incredible background, um, Kubrat Pula. Yeah. He's a very interesting man and a very intelligent boxer, as you know. Yes, that's true. That is true. So let's see what happens. Let's not count our chickens before they're hatched, like they say. Mm. Yeah. Bob, what have you made of um, everything that has come out recently from Deontay Wilder and what he's been saying about the uh, the Tyson Fury fights? You have to understand, Deontay Wilder lives in the United States. Everybody's been watching television news. Deontay Wilder has learned from Donald Trump that you lie and you say whatever you want to say and you get attention. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so is, is that, I, I was saying this to Adam just before for the break, Bob, when we came on. I, I had heard, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that there isn't a, there's no legal case in America that can prevent Tyson Fury from boxing through the Wilder appeal, is there? No, I agree with you. So there isn't. They can't. You can't stop Fury boxing. That he because the contractual. You, you can break. You can break his legs. <laughs> um. Look. You, you, you. Surely, though, you want to see. Well, because the world wants to see. Um. Fury. I don't, I don't want to see. You want to see. You want to see Pulev against Fury? Then yeah. You want to see. You want to no, see. Well, my... Yeah, but Pulev has. If Pulev beats him, which I believe he will. He has to give him a rematch. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, yeah. Eddie, Eddie diabolically puts it in those kind in this contract. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Bob, onto the fight tonight between um, Terence uh, and Kel Brook. Um, a fight that we're all looking forward to here in the UK, especially having watched the guys this week give interviews and seen them on the scales yesterday. They both look in incredible shape. Uh, we're hoping for a fantastic fight and the, and the co-feature with it tonight, the Maloney fight, is a belter as well. So congratulations on getting that all on uh, for us uh, tonight. Moving forward with Terence after this evening, if he comes through it, I know that you were close to making the Manny Pacquiao fight for him. Is that the next step, do you think? Well, you know, again... We're dealing in, it, it, it's not the fighters here, but in order to get a Pacquiao-Crawford fight off the ground, assuming Crawford beats Brook, and I don't know if that, you know, it's a, the Brook fight, for, you know, again, I hate to talk about down the line, but I will talk about it, but, you know, it, Brook is the toughest opponent that Crawford has fought in his entire Correct. Boxing Correct. Career. The Correct. toughest opponent. And, you know, I've talked with Brooke. I've seen him. He's in unbelievable shape, and he exudes confidence. Whether that's enough to beat Crawford, we'll have to see. But, again, if if your guy pulls off the upset, it would not be a shocker to me. Mm-hmm. would not be a shocker. I give him a hell of a shot. I mean, Brooke is a really good welterweight. And, you know, Terrence is 
He started at lightweight. Mm. Brooke never started at lightweight. He was always a welterweight and then fought above when he fought Golovkin. And now that the, uh, that the orbital bones in the eyes have been reinforced, I mean, he's going to be a really tough, tough uh, dude uh, for Terrence uh, to match with. But assuming that Terrence is successful, the fight I want to make is Manny Pacquiao, and I had it made and I had it paid for uh, in the Mideast. But then, of course, they were spooked out, as everybody is, with the coronavirus and uh, getting... uh, 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 you know, get being able to get spectators. Uh, so again, uh, uh, if Terrence is successful, and by the way, all, all everybody at you on your side of the pond uh, can watch the fight uh, in the morning on Premier uh, Television, Premier Sports uh, One, Bob. Yeah, yeah, Premier Sports One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and 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 the price is a lot lower than the usual pay-per-view offerings uh, in the UK. You know, £10. I think it's a fascinating fight, Bob. I mean, mean, having covered Kel's entire career and having spoken to him myself uh, this week, and Adam and I have been saying all night, we are so missing being in Las Vegas because this is a big, big fight. And the two guys produced some fireworks at the way, and I've never seen Terence with the eye of the tiger like this and being so vehement and vocal against opponents, yeah. apart from the time that Benavidez tried to slap him, but um, right. the, and where, he, where he nearly knocked him out with a left hook uh, on, the, on the rostrum that day. But the, the yeah. thing is, we are really going to find out, four or five years ago, Cal was the number one welterweight in the world, there's no doubt about it. We're going to find out tonight how much Kel has got left in the tank. Honestly, I've known him a long time. I've never heard him so confident, and I've never seen him in such great shape. Adam attests to that as well. He'll be a lot bigger than Terence on the night, and I th- or tonight, yeah. and, and we think he's going to try and put it on him early. We really do think he's going to try and give Terence a very hard time Terrence, early on. Terrence, if he does that, that's a good strategy because Terence is a, a very slow starter. Correct. And that's why, and that's the game plan. I mean, we're giving it away, but that is what they're going to do. But he's got to do that. He's got to jump on him. He's got to jump on him. Because no one has been able to make Terrence look uncomfortable so far. He gets in a rhythm, he switch hits, and then he gets spiteful. And and you can't let him get in that rhythm. Simple Mm, as. Uh, Bob, we we heard from Teofimo Lopez a little earlier on. He was in great spirits, obviously, um, speaking about his plans. for next year, loads of different options, and I'm sure you're speaking to him closely in order to try and make those options come into fruition. Have you managed to speak to your other fighter, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, since the fight, and and what are his plans? What 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 does he want to do in the next 12 months? Well, he, you know, he had an operation right after the fight on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had uh, uh, the same doctor, Doctor Alatrosh, the the leading orthopedic surgeon in the United States. Uh, I did it again, you know, I did the shoulder before and now I had to do some additional work. Uh, so he can't, he is not allowed is Lomachenko, uh, to, to, or to really use that shoulder until January. And then in January he can start slow training. And so he will not come back until probably May or June. Uh, 
we'll see whether he wants to go down to 130 mm. and thank maybe Tank Davis uh, or uh, uh, Shakur or the winner of, uh, uh, of Frampton Herring. Mm. Uh, he has a lot of options. Or whether he wants to stay at 135 and have us arrange a rematch uh, with Lopez. Uh, what what would you like him to do? What would you like him to do, Bob? Yes, I'm old enough and wise <laughs> enough to know that what I want is secondary to what the guys who do the fighting want. Fair enough. So I'm going to keep what I want to myself because it generally or very often can be irrelevant. 
I've all of a sudden got to go and get sparring partners to replicate Canelo, one or two in the UK, but I want to bring fighters in from America, I want to bring fighters in from that, and I just think to myself, well, why not don't we just do it in January? In case, if you, if what's this big rush for a December fight, why not just do it in January and give Callum the eight, nine weeks preparation? Like, you'll get it in July. They know, a bit like Mayweather, they're fighting, and the most will be going, well, it's Plant or Callum, and I'm sure there's a re- there's somebody else in the background ready to step in if it is. But it's like, I can't complain because people say, oh, Gallagher moaning again, but it's just like, well, five weeks notice. I don't know we're training, but you know and I know it'd be great to train for eight, nine weeks properly with the we're in a pandemic and getting sparring partners up and staying over and we're in lockdown. It, we're doing things with one hand tied behind our back and not many people look at that. They just go, oh, you've got a chance of Canelo there and you're moaning about it. No, 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 but I, I want the best Callum Smith to fight the best Canelo because the best Callum Smith beats the best Canelo. What if the opportunity isn't there though next year? What if the, this is the only time that it could be taken? Well, exactly. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Listen, it, it, I don't know how, what's going on there now, but I'm sure Callum wants to fight. He's in the gym, he's training, and it is what it is within them times, isn't it? Mm. Um, it it's unfortunate, like I said to you, it's, it's a shame that we can't go, all right, we'll agree it now, but let's do it January the 30th, January the 23rd. I mean, what's the big rush five weeks out? And it's, all right, I'm not saying we're in the same boat, but Tyson Fury's due to fight on, I think it's December the 9th, December the 12th, whatever. And he's not announced yet, so there's plenty of fighters out there in the same boat. So can't complain. But like you say, if we were in the old world, we all would have been announced and all had our eight, ten weeks and our press conferences. So like you say, you've got to do the best that you can do um, with it. But uh, um, Callum Smith... Do you think you'll get it? Deep, 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 deep down, George, do you think you'll get it? Do you think you'll get the, the Canelo fight before Christmas? Well, do you know what? I, it's it's been there that many times that red herring that that that, that bait that carrot we feel like it's a it's a wrong term to say but we feel like donkeys trying to bite the carrot where it's just being held in front of you that mm. we thought we've nearly got it and then Billy Joel got it we've nearly got it and someone else has got it so it's like you know what if we get it brilliant Do you know what I mean but we've been there so many times but like like you say whether we get it like I said we don't know negotiations are going on so. Whatever. I'm sure Eddie Reynoso and Canelo know who it is and they've just got to give them the, 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 the shortest time possible to prepare for it. So there you have it. Don't hold your breath. But if opportunity knocks, hopefully they'll open the door and we can get that fight on before Christmas. Now, every single week we are going to try and preview an upcoming prospect. 8-0, undefeated professional Harvey Horn is the guy that we're going to be speaking about this week. And Gareth caught up with him on the show at the weekend. You're um, a Southpaw flyweight, one of the trickiest guys to fight, I believe, because flyweights are so fast, they're so technical, and you are yourself, you know, you're rising towards elite, that's where you want to go. But, you know, you're only 25 years of age, you've got fantastic physique, you're very handsome, um, but uh, and you are, um, but what I want to know is this, you were smart at school, right? And you've got relatives, right, who went into, or, or certainly your, um, your father and your uncles, they became stockbrokers. Why on earth yeah. did you decide to get punched in the face for a living <laughs> rather than earn millions of bucks in the city? 
Do you know what? When I'm waking up in England at six in the morning, going for five mile runs, I ask myself the same question every day. Trust me. <laughs> but I tell you what, um, the broken would have been lovely. It's always something I wanted to do. But my dad said you've always got to follow your dreams first, and mm. uh, the, the broken's always going to be there. It'll always be there. And um, it is, that was a little bit of a dream job if I wasn't a sportsman. But I would be, I'd be a fool not to continue down the boxing route. Well, not to have continued down the boxing route, showing the talent and the, the progression I was showing. So I think you've got to chase, chase your dream first. I mean, that will always be there. I'm not always going to be young enough to, to box. So Yeah, because I think... I think interestingly in the history of you 10 years ago I mean and I'm not just saying about the stockbroking because I know you were very bright at school because you know I'd read that your your GCSEs were really good but at the same time when you were 15 you also won the English schoolboys didn't you so it was kind of that was a moment where the 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 the, the horny the horny life diverged didn't it no 100% I think do you know what they sort of clashed at the same time I got good results in GCSEs very good results. I think I got come out of one A star, four A's, and around seven B, something along them lines. Uh, I actually got an A in French, funnily enough. But, um, ah, plus, plus ça change, ça, ça c'est bien. Yeah. Hein? <laughs> oh, don't start with all that. I haven't done it in years. C'est vachement bien, Mr. Orny. Oh, God. But yeah, so uh, but I always enjoy school. I enjoy, I, I enjoy being in school. Um, I was never one of them that was really naughty in school because I enjoyed mm. it. Um, I enjoyed learning. And I think maybe everything sort of come at a crossroads for me. So I've done really well in the GCSEs, but I was also winning national titles. So it was always a case of what one do I choose because A-levels were too hard to pursue while uh, full-time training, which is when I found the Frank Bruno Academy, which luckily allowed me to sort of do both. I didn't get the A-levels I wanted. I got A-level equivalents, not what I wanted, but... It was a gamble. It was a gamble, and it, I, I, I believe it's going to pay off. I believe, honestly, 100% of me believes it will pay off eventually. Well, you know, I mean, I've got to, for the listeners, I mean, you, you had a, a very, very good amateur um, career and pedigree because, um, obviously, you you won gold um, at the European under-22s, tw- you a silver medal at the European Championships in 2015, um, you competed at the European Games that year and the World Championships. It's not like, you know, you've done your pedigree, you've done your time, and, you know, you're 8-0 and as a pro. Um, where um, Tell us about where you're up next and people will be able to watch you. And also, um, you know, who do you see... I mean, I mean, not necessarily modelling yourself on, but whose who's career path do you think you might kind of uh, emulate uh, in some ways? And, you know, obviously, like you say, you're, like I said, you're only 8-0. Um, you know, you're probably halfway toward, towards challenging for serious titles yeah. that would, would, would basically uh, pay mortgages on houses that you get in a morning stockbroking. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, um, or, or yeah. you lose. Um, but the, yeah. but, you know, but tell us a little bit about your, your professional career path. Do you know what? It's a, it's a really tough question because, um, like I said, the, the main goals are world titles. I don't really want anything less than that. Um, I think if you aim for anything less than that, um, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be doing it because unless I was aiming to be the best, I wouldn't do it. So I think it's, it's very, it's a very, I want obviously, but I also obviously want to earn enough money to secure my life after boxing. And also, to, um, I, th- I think maybe, in answer to your question, I can't really tell you someone that I would like to emulate, but there's definitely a lot of fighters out there that 
I would take chunks out of, just like my style, that I would take chunks out, mm. take little pieces and put them together and sort of form my own life and my own my own route, if that makes sense. Well, there's, you know, look, obviously around in the UK, certainly, who are ranked in the world's uh, sanctioning bodies, you've got the likes of Andrew Selby and Sonny Edwards. Um, yeah. I mean, you're 15, I think, with the WBO at the moment, aren't you? And obviously the title... You, you, I think you are the European WBO um, flyweight yeah. champion anyway, aren't you? So um, yeah. you, you, you've started that ladder climb, haven't you? Um, I mean, is there anyone Is there anyone you've got your, your, your eyes on who you can pitch yourself against in the next two, three, four fights? Definitely. I think, um, like you just mentioned, Sonny Ed was there. There's a lot of, um, especially in England, uh, a lot of interest around that sort of, around that fight. Um, there's definitely um, a bit of animosity there makes the fight that much more intriguing, I think. And everyone always asks me when I'm going to fight him. You've also got another another couple of names bouncing around. Joe Mafosa, yes. another boy, another uh, Newcastle boy. Um, he's 9-0 and at the minute, I think. Another great fighter I was on the Olympic team with. So I think it's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good domestic fights out there for me, and I don't want to skip that. This is the, this is the main thing that people always ask me. Oh, I'm 15 in I'm 15 in the world with the WBO. Do you want to just go round the back door and sort of build the way up the rankings and challenge for a world title? I don't really want to do that. I would like the British title. I promised my mum and dad that they can put it in the living room once I've won it outright. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would like to go the traditional route. Um, it just so happened that the WBO flyweight title come around at a certain point in my career. My team thought it was right. My trainer thought it was right. So we took it. But uh, the traditional route for me has always been a lot more appealing. Um, just tell me, obviously you're out in Fuerteventura. I know that Billy Joe Saunders has been out there. Josh Taylor's been out there. Dillian White, twice your weight, has been out there. Have you seen them all or not? Um, I've seen Billy Joe. I'm on Billy Joe Saunders' camp at the minute. Um, it's been great. I mean, they're, they're all great characters. They're great characters. Um, and you know what? It's, it, it gives us something to look up to. It gives us something to look up to. I look at him and that's what I want to do. I want to be a world mm. champion. I want to be grafting like he is. I see him being stopped in the streets of Fuerteventura, bearing in mind, uh, a Canary Island in Spain, being stopped and asking for sign to, for him to sign things. And that's what I want. I want to be recognised. I want to be respected um, for being the, the, at the top of my sport. And uh, to look at that and see that just makes me graft that much harder. And the boys that I'm out here with are exactly the same. We've had conversations about it. We all want to be, we all want to be that bloke. And it's great to have him in. There you go. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because this is where we plonk it all for you so you can listen to it at your own leisure throughout the course of the week because we appreciate you're busy. You might not be able to join us every single Saturday, but we don't want you to miss out on the content. So hit subscribe on iTunes. Fight Night is what you're looking for. And you can get an Android feed via our website, talksport.com. We'll catch you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.